Welcome to the BBC, a wax cast based on collaboration, not competition. Between Both Cheeks is a world filled with beauty, bums, and billions of bucks. The hosts of the BBC are Luba, the badass boss bitch, creator and owner of international brands and beauty salons. When I used to go to interviews, people would say to me, you're completely not what I expected. Becca, the egg, she's new to the beauty business but learning faster than a baby salon. Do you keep them as clients or do you fire those clients? Welcome to the BBC. Bring me your balls. No, Kelly Clarkson! Okay, welcome everybody, all of our listeners. Today is a bit different. I'm really excited to introduce our friend Crystal of Radiantly Blissful Aesthetics. And Crystal, I'll let you introduce yourself here just in a little bit and why you are on the show today and uh, introduce yourself to our listeners. But for those of you who do want to check her out, her website is radiantlyblissful.wix.com and you can book in with her there as soon as she is allowed to reopen again. So Crystal, welcome. Thank you. Hi. So nice to have you. Yes. So awesome to be here. <laughs> so I I reached out to Crystal because I think there's a whole bunch of things that we can talk about considering what's going on in the world today. But let's get started on how we met Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> let's tell our listeners on how, how are you. you? <laughs> <laughs> That's how we met. So literally, we were doing the the spa show last year, which would have taken place last weekend, I think, if it would have happened this year. And we were just, you know, cruising through the line being like, we're looking for an anal bleach model. And she's like, well, what's all this anal bleach? And does it work? And then I was like, well, why don't you be our model and try it out for yourself? And she hopped up on the table and she became a believer. Yes, I did. Wow. <laughs> So right there in front of the whole audience in the room, you just. Yep. Why not? <laughs> That's kind of how I got into Brazilian waxing. Also, I went to a skincare show back when I was in school and I walked into the show kind of blindly and I was like, oh, I'll do that. I don't care. And she was like, okay. So she waxed arms and underarms and some other stuff. And she was like, oh, let's see. And I'm all see what she's all your hair and I'm all oh my god no I've never waxed before it's a wild jungle yeah in front of a whole bunch of people spread eagle and waxed it. and here I am you know 10 years later you know and now, and now you specialize in speed Brazilian waxing yes, male waxing <laughs> yes brightening yes right um, so microneedling, yeah microneedling body piercing uh Facial and CBD. So this this is literally why I tell all of the girls, and Becca, you've heard you've heard me say this, like you need to actually have the service done. You can't sell it, you can't do it unless you know what it feels like. That's super important. Crystal was a true champ right up in there, and then we've just been in touch like ever since then. Yep. All right. Well, I Mm. love that. That's that's pretty much how Luba meets most of her friends. <laughs> With them naked. That's and personal. Yeah. Very true. That's actually, that's quite true if I start to think about it. Yeah. Quite true. It's just something I've noticed. Oh my God. But oh, isn't that how we all meet our friends though, you know? Right. <laughs> 
Um, so another thing I want to dive into. So the listeners that are actually just listening to us and not viewing us on YouTube um, may not actually see us, right? Uh-huh. But I think it's quite apparent in the conversations that we have on our YouTube channel and stuff is myself, Ashley, who's actually not here today. We didn't mention that she's got food poisoning. Myself, Ashley, and Becca are just three white girls. That's it. <laughs> We're just three white girls on a podcast that have a lot of opinions. Um, but with what's going on in the world today, we wanted to bring on Crystal because she is African-American. And um, tell us, Crystal, what's your background? Who are you? Your, your business, all of that. Give us a little little description. Um, let's see. Me, I'm a mixed with my mom's white, uh, my dad's black. Um, I've been an esthetician for 10 years. Before that, I went to school and got my associates in fine art. I used to want to be an art teacher. Uh, before that, um, I worked in a dental office for about seven years. And, you know, you just go through changes in your life. And it's like, Sorry, I got a phone call. Can you hear me? Yeah, Yeah, we can hear you now. So dental office, you've changed around. Yeah, and here I am, and I've been doing aesthetics for 10 years, and I absolutely love it. Like, it doesn't bore me. Everything always changes, so I'm always on top of new classes, everything. And you're a small business owner. It's your business. Yes, ma'am. I've been in business now three years. Okay. Congratulations. Yay, that's huge. That's huge. Crystal, I've just got to ask. Yes. So you personally, and I'd, obviously you can't speak for everybody, but do you prefer to be called African-American or Black? Um, African-American. African-American, okay. Because okay. I do know it differs person to person. Some people prefer Black and, you know, perfect. Exactly. Okay. And, and that's a really good point because that's something that I was like, I had down on like what is proper because now the kind of the term is yeah. black lives matter. Like that's a whole sentence term. Everyone's using that. I don't know if I feel comfortable using that as a white person. My mom feels the same way, but okay. I, I said if it's something you believe in and you know, you're using it in the right way, then right. why not? And that's my dad. Also, my dad is 57 years old. African-American man has held the same job for 30 years. He calls me the other day and he tells me, hey, I bought a Black Lives Matter sweater and a mask, but I'm going to send you the sweater because I can't wear it to work. Wow. It's really disturbing that, you know, something we believe so firmly in, people try to twist it and make it like it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And why do you feel he can't, why does he feel he can't wear it at work? He told me he doesn't want to rock the boat. He's up, you know, to retire soon. He doesn't want any of that stuff to backlash on him. Wow. That's yeah. shocking. I'm sorry. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's really shocking. It's so sad. It should just be standard, you know? Like, why are we even having this argument? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So let's talk a little bit about um, being a African-American woman in business. I know that me personally, as just a small business owner and being a female is very difficult. And I've had massive struggles in that over the last 13 years. Um, Mine is mostly to do with men. Like I find anytime that I deal with men in business, whether it be like a landlord or a supplier or anything like that, that's (laughs) what I have have issues. Um, Especially when I look back at like when I I started 13 years ago, I was still quite young. And that was, you know, so being young and being a woman was just not good. 
So what are your challenges? Because you have those challenges and then you've got... (laughs) I have so many challenges. (laughs) So kind of what pushed me to become a small business owner, um, graduating from school, graduated top of my class, passed state board first time. I already had certificates of completion from extra classes I was doing while I was in school. I was turned down for job after job after job. And I couldn't understand why. I was like, why am I getting turned down? I go in, button up shirts, slacks, you know, professional, take out my piercings, you know, all of that. I don't have crazy colored hair, nothing. What kind of drew the line with me was two things. I went to apply at uh, Wax the City. Um, sorry if I couldn't use that, but yeah, I went to apply there Fine. <laughs> and, um, I was handing in my resume and all that stuff. And she was like, Oh, you know, it's a great resume. You're super qualified. You know, here I am again in a button up shirt and pants and the girl, she's all, Oh, thanks for hiring me. Comes in like a tank top and yoga shorts. Oh, and growing up, you wear your button up, you you know, you look presentable. And I'm like, how come she got the job, but I didn't, and I have more experience, and she's dressed like this, but for me, it always boiled down to the tone of my skin, you know, and when I was at another spa, I went up for lead esthetician, I, I was way more qualified than the other girl that got the position, she would always ask me, hey, Crystal, what would you do in this situation, hey, Crystal, what would you do in that situation, but of course, she got the position, because again, of skin tone, and wow. I wound up quitting that job. Be well, actually, yeah, kind of quit, fired, kind of thing because I had asked my boss. I worked throughout my whole pregnancy. You know, anytime she needed me, I would come. The job was a city away, so here I am driving forty minutes. But I told her, I said, if you want me to come and do some things because the lead doesn't want to wax and stuff like that because she didn't want to. That wasn't her gif. She only wanted to do facials, nothing else. So I was doing facials, waxing, you know, all of that stuff, yeah. and um. One day she called me and she was like, hey, I need you to come in for an eyebrow and lip. It's like seven o'clock. I'm like, yeah, I'm not coming. So, you know, I'm not doing that. So then the next day she was just telling me, you know, you need to be more compliant, so on and so forth. But weeks before that, we had a conversation about a raise and she laughed at my face. So right then and there, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to do this on my own. Wow. So that was it. That's what broke it for you. That's what broke me right there. You know, Oh, you're muted. Sorry, it, my phone is also on this phone. You know, having more or, you know, just as much education as that other person, but always getting turned down, it's like, uh, it makes you feel some type of way. Mm-hmm. So, and then the people that you saw that were getting the jobs, were they white? Yes. Wow. Okay. So you yeah. found that you, you were getting called in for the interviews, but as soon as they saw that you were of color then you don't did, get the job. did you feel that the interview would be conducted differently? Like, yes. did you feel a t- real? Okay. So talk about like that. They, uh, so, you know, you're talking on the phone. When you talk on the phone with somebody, you really can't tell what they are, what they look like, what their nationality is, none of that stuff. And so the, the conversation on the phone would go great. Come in for the interview again, you know, dress properly, you know, tattoos covered up. It, they already judged right there. Right when I walked in, they shook my hand pre COVID um, that I wasn't getting a job. And I would always have that feeling, oh, I thought it went good over the phone, but as soon as they mm-hmm. met me, it's like, eh, you're not what we're looking for. Wow. What are you looking for? Right. Would you ever, what does that mean? <laughs> it, it, it means basically the spa mm-hmm. industry is, you know, 
overheld by women who are Caucasian. And when someone out of that box tries to step in, it's like, wait a minute, you're rocking it, you know, step back a little bit. We can't, you don't know as much. At least that's how I feel. Ever since, you know, before I got in business for myself. Right. Wow. It's, that's like mind blowing to me. Um, I know Becca shared a story with me the other day because your name is not ethnic. Like, and I, you know, so I shared a story with Becca the other day as well was um, with my name, Luba. um, When I used to go to interviews, people would say to me, you're completely not what I expected. And I would always say, well, what did you expect? And they're like, oh, you know, just, just not what I expected. Mm-hmm. And finally, one woman finally said to me, she's like, I thought you were going to be a fat Russian woman with dark hair. I know. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. So is that what everyone else is thinking? So wow. your name is not ethnic at all. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that maybe you get in for the interview because you've got Maybe yep. a white girl, like a white girl name, I if I can say that. My name, my mom named me after her favorite soap opera character. So I don't know Stop. That's as white as it gets. I'm sorry. Crystal from Dynasty? Yes. There girl, my, I was all Alexis Carrington. So I, I, I get your mama. I'm, I'm totally with her. Love that. Yep. So that's where my name came from. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's, I love that. I love that. Um, okay. So you feel like you're getting in the door because you don't have like an ethnic name, if you will, but yep. once you're there, the tone changes. Yep. And the door shuts. Wow. So that's why I always push education. Like even to my children, I'm like, you, you know, mm-hmm. if one door shuts, you just keep pushing, keep pushing, you keep you know, educating yourself. Don't let anybody break you down. They could say whatever they want to you, but you know, what you know and what this paper shows that you know, no one can take it away from you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I know Becca shared a story with me of a friend of hers that um, their parents named her a neutral, gender neutral name. Yeah. They named my friend Taylor Jackson specifically so that she would not get prejudged by her resume and that I was like oh my god that was in the 90s I was like they're forward thinking you know Mm -hmm. she's a woman but they named her specifically Taylor Jackson so that if she was applying for any kind of job that she wouldn't be judged for being a woman but you know and I have another friend too and she's Lebanese and her name is Jamal and then her last name gives away that she's Lebanese like real quickly and mm-hmm. she's been looking for a job in the last couple months even before COVID and she was telling me the other day she was like nobody is calling me back and she's got tons of experience like tons and then she said I changed my name on my resume and all of a sudden I'm getting phone calls because Jamal is African-American name yeah, and like it could also be viewed as a man's name, yeah. and mm-hmm. and I was like, that's so bad that you have to change your name or start giving out resumes with your photo on it. Like, yes, and I refuse to do that. Yeah, no. So what happens if the questions are not allowed to ask? Isn't yeah. a photo part of you know right? So this I want to talk about because having a business in Canada first, I I've never seen that. I had never oh. seen that ever. And then when I came to Las Vegas and I opened there, all of a sudden, like all these resumes were coming on my desk and there's all these like girls on the, like, on the, like they're like their professional modeling headshots. And I was like, 
And I remember saying to my, like my boyfriend at the time, my fiance now, but I'm like, why are they sending this to me? I almost don't want to hire you because of this, because I'm someone that does look at experience. Like you give me that you've worked at McDonald's on your resume. You're going to get a job interview because those people train like a motherfucker. Like, you know, give give me the training that you actually went through it, that Mm -hmm. you were there for a while, that you're, you know, a licensed cosmetician or an esthetician you know, your certifications, what have you done over? That's what I want to see as a business owner. Uh I don't want to see that you're pretty. No, it shouldn't matter what you look like, what your skin looks like. It should all know. It's all matter about knowledge. That's it. That's why 95% of the time I'll go to work in sweatpants. You see my hair looks crazy. You know, I just want to be a normal person like everybody else. I don't want, I, me personally, I don't want to walk into a salon and a lady comes out and her hair is all did, makeup's beautiful, and she's in the high heels. And I'm like, oh, my God, am I underdressed? So I just want to make everybody that walks through my door feel comfortable, welcomed, and I'm one of you guys, too. Right. It's beautiful. So, Becca, do you find, like, do you still get resumes? Because I've stopped looking at resumes for the last couple of years now. (laughs) Um, Have you found that people do still send resumes with photos? More so in Las Vegas than in Canada. In Canada, I'm lucky to get a resume at all because <laughs> at least the part of Canada we're in, not everybody, but the general kind of assumption is the young people are really lazy. So the resumes that I get here, it's literally crystal, like a picture someone took on their phone of their resume sitting on a counter that they send me an email with no subject line, nothing written in the email. And like, I'm trying wow. to zoom in to read this resume. And I'm like, what am I doing? You know? <laughs> yeah. I understand maybe you don't have a laptop, maybe you don't have mm-hmm. access to the library right now, but then write something in the body like, Hey, like this is the best I could do. Exactly. But really, I I don't think they are down and out. I think they're just like lazy. Um, so the resumes I get in Vancouver are honestly crap. But yeah, um, I guess they I still see some that have photos on them, and I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel yeah. like it's the same as employers going on to LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook before they interview someone to see how young they are. Mm-hmm. Too, especially like I'm a young person so I don't like being judged based on my age I like being judged on like how like the actual work that I put out and exactly and so like to yeah I don't know I I don't think you should have to put your photo on a resume no. unless you're applying for like modeling or a tv show sure. or yeah. you know things where that matters but you know for a job it shouldn't it shouldn't matter and then for in in my in my personal opinion, like a lot of like plastic surgeons, when you apply for that job, they ask for a picture and it's like, okay, are you thinking that we're impressionable and you can say, do and act any way you want to, or do you really want the job done correctly? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's always iffy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, what are some other obstacles that you have come across as a woman of color in business? Um, when I got broken into my landlord, um, he called me and he was all, what happened? You're such a busy worker bee. I said, one, we're closed down for three months and two, I'm working on the inside. So I had my contractor come. He fixed the whole inside of the wall because burglars are smart nowadays. I had alarm, had all the right steps that I needed. They kicked through the wall. 
So the wall is what got broken. So no, no glass broke. So the alarm never triggered. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, shoot. They've done so, that before. Yeah, exactly. So Not their first rodeo. <laughs> not their first rodeo. Exactly. So just him, you know, him telling me that I don't know what I'm doing. You know, he, it took a long time even for me to get into the space that I was in. He, he was like, oh, I don't think you're capable of enough. Are you able to handle the rent? Are you going to have a partner? All these questions that he, you know, didn't need to ask me, he asked. And even now, are you going to be able to pay the rent? Are you going to be able to do this? Like, I may not be, you know, the smartest of the smart, but I did put away for a rainy day. So luckily, even though I wasn't able to pay myself, I was able to pay him, who was important so I don't lose my place. On top of fixing everything, which he still didn't fix the opposing side of where it was kicked in. That's why I have to go and remove all my stuff because he didn't do what he was supposed to do. So we're going through that back and forth with him. But your rent is paid. That's all that matters to me. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's all that matters to me. Now, are you in a space, Crystal, where there's other renters in other rooms in the same? No. Okay. So this not with the same business that I do. Okay. So there's no one else in there renting as well, or is there? There is, but I'm in Stockton and it's Stockton. So I don't know what they're doing. There's one person in there that's an attorney, I think. There used to be a plumber. I see. Um, Yeah. So it's kind of like that kind of building, but I'm the only one there that does what I do. Okay. Because I was going to ask if you knew like if the other people have challenges with that landlord as well, or if you feel, okay. And are they, are they people of color? Um, the lady is Hispanic. Okay. So do you think her business got broken into the same way mine did? Oh, wow. And then is your landlord Caucasian? Yes. Okay. So this is like the pattern kind of thing. So, okay. So that, that could be, wow. All right. When I called the police and did all of that, he didn't even show up. And as an owner of a building, that's your job to come and be there when I'm going through this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And how long have you been there? You've been there a while now. Three years. Wow. Three years. And the list of repairs that he has not done is longer than what I've done. Huh. It's ridiculous. One day I, I told my husband, I said, you know, I'm going to figure out everything and I'm going to own this building because he is absolutely madness. He took part of the roof off. So I feel that he's trying to get us out, the two women, me and the other lady. Mm -hmm. So he took off part of our roof. So now vermin get in there. Yeah. So he did that. There's a wasp nest that he hasn't pulled down yet. So while I'm on, you know, vacation, um, me and my husband are going to go and fix those items. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you would think considering, you know, COVID and you having to shut down and the rent being paid, that there would be a little more support in that sense. Cause there's a lot of people that have not paid their rent because of this. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. grants and a lot of financial support and government support. And you can't kick people out right now. Exactly. Which right. it's so hard. I have applied for grants. I've applied for loans and I still yet to hear anything. So here, so I want to talk about that too. Do you feel, because one of the things that I like, I, cause I was just Googling, like what are some of the, the hardships of women in business that are of color that they, they struggle with. And one of the things that did come up is to, um, to obtain funding. 
and that's one of them. Like I, so I put up a GoFundMe. Well, one of my clients did for me, bless her heart. She's the sweetest ever. She put up a GoFundMe for me and, um, everybody, you could put up a GoFundMe for a boob job and it'll get funded, but mine, nothing, $300, which I'm thankful for, but it's just things like that. And then the loans and the grants that I've applied for nothing. I answer all the questions. I give all the information they need and I don't understand. And it's like those PPP loans that they're giving out the paycheck protection. It's like, why is Kanye West getting one? What about all these small businesses? What about these women owned businesses? What about these minority owned businesses? Mm -hmm. We don't get anything. And then have you come across anyone that you work with in the industry that may be Caucasian that did get a grant or a loan that you didn't? Okay. Please talk about that. The, I, I don't really know how she got, obtained it because she hasn't been working like as long as I have, but she obtained it as being a small business owner. And she's Caucasian. Yeah. She said you, she had her parents help her fill it out. And you have applied for the same loan that she has yep. and did, didn't qualify. No. Did the, lo- did the loan questionnaire, because I've applied for everything under the sun as well. Um, and in the U.S., they actually ask me at the end, yeah, are you your... male, female, or do yeah. not want to answer? Are you Hispanic, African-American, Caucasian? I don't know if they give me another option or, and then something else. And and other. Yeah. So the, like, yep. and all of them say that at the end. And do you yeah. actually put in? Yeah. You do- yeah. So, so I think that's maybe where I'm going wrong. Maybe I should just put, do not want to answer, do not want to answer, but it's too late because I've already applied. But you shouldn't feel ashamed for who you are. Like, and you I don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And it's like, like, again, what I was talking with my dad, I said, why do we, if we know what's right inside and we feel what's right inside, why does people make it like we feel wrong? Like what we're saying, what we're doing, how we're acting is wrong. I have, I come from mixed parents. My mom is white. My dad is black. I don't know what it is to hate anybody for a skin color. Like you hurt my babies. I will be on you like white on rice, but to physically hate somebody because of their skin color. I, I don't get it. My husband is Hispanic. Um, my kids are, you know, white, black, and Hispanic. I, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know how to do that, and I don't understand how anybody else can hate somebody for that. But you know, that's my personal opinion on that. I don't know. It's just terrible. Um, you know, it's it's really mind blowing to me about the whole loan thing. On that, that question is asked, and then now you actually know of someone that has gotten a loan who is Caucasian, you've applied, same business model, same type of thing, and you did not qualify. And both of you guys have answered those questions at the end. Like that's really, you know, I think that's something out there that needs to be addressed. And I I don't know, maybe the market is over flooded with people asking for loans, but me and a really good friend of mine, she owns a hair salon. We always apply, like if she finds something, we'll mm-hmm. apply for it together. And we're like, hey, did you hear anything? Hey, she, nothing. She hasn't heard anything either. And she's of color as well. Yeah. Wow. It's just, it's, it's mind blowing. Like, I, I don't under, I, I really don't understand. And I, I don't know. You know, in for all the loans that I've applied for and any sort of financial relief I've applied for in Canada, 
I've never been asked any of those questions. I've never been asked to disclose my gender or my race. But in the U.S., every loan that I've applied for has asked for that. And it's like, why is that important? Do you, you know, my capability, my my business, the, how it's going, I should be, you know, yeah, how I can revenue, that, yeah. credit. Like that should be a factor, not how I look, what nationality I am. Because at the end of the day, I didn't ask to be who, what color I am. Mm. It, it was a gift yeah, from yeah. above. And I'm not going to sit and, you know, no, oh, I'm not this and I'm not that. No, this is who I am. And I cannot be ashamed of it because if I'm ashamed, my kids are going to be ashamed. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. If anything, checking off those boxes should improve your chance because you're a minority business owner, but obviously that's not what they're there for. Otherwise, uh, you or your hair salon friend would have it. And that's that when I check that off, that's what I think. I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm at an advantage because I'm a woman. Like they they should look at this because of this. And then I remember seeing the race thing and I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to put white. And I remember thinking like, I wonder if this may lower my chances because of the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Like I want, and that was a thought that went through my head. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's like I said, it should, the question shouldn't be there. It shouldn't matter. You know, the only thing that they should be a factor of since they're pulling your credit score is if I can pay this loan back, was I really in business? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's the only thing that matters. Um, one of the other things that it's came up. Extremely bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that came up when I Googled, you know, some of the challenges is um, networking challenges that a lot of networking groups out there are very Caucasian and not very geared towards women of color in business. Um, and they, women don't feel supported. Do you have, what are your thoughts on that? So, like I said, I'm mixed. So I, I get it from both sides. So let's go back to growing up, growing up. You're not white enough growing up. You're not black enough. So here I am caught in limbo. People forget that people of mixed, we have it even worse than being straight black or being straight white. Because then it's, I try to get into these groups that are my, my minority, uh, African-American, and then they look like, hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you look into the groups that are majority white, and then they look like, hmm, are you going to be ghetto and loud and stereotypical BS? So it's kind of, you know, I'm stuck right in the center. And it's always been that way. What would you tell someone that was going into business as a woman mixed of color? What are some of the advice that you would give these people? You would keep pushing forward. There's going to be a lot of doors that are going to slam in your face. You know what? You stand up, you dust yourself off and you try again. You keep trying until you can physically do it alone or you can do it with help. You don't let anybody tell you, no, you can't because Mm -hmm. you can and you will. You Mm -hmm. have to believe in yourself. There's going to be days where you're going to scream and cry into the pillow alone. Hey, let it out and keep pushing forward. Because if I was to let people stop me, I would have been stopped when I was like 13 years old. I wouldn't be no better than, you know, one of these people pushing a cart on the street. 
but I told myself that I'm going to be more than that. I told myself since I was a little girl, I'm going to be somebody, maybe not somebody famous, but I'm going to be somebody. I love that. Mm-hmm. So that's my advice I would give. I love that. I think that's really good to our listeners. Um, that reminds me of a quote uh, from, I think Rachel Hollis, but she says, other people's opinions are none of your business. Yep. Or exactly. you know, what other people think of you is none of your business. It's, it's irrelevant. All them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't matter. My dad taught me a long, long time ago. And I, I taught it to my kids. What is it? Sticks and stones may break your bones, mm-hmm. but words will never hurt you. And I tell people that all the time. Say whatever you want. Flip me off. Do whatever you got to do. I'm just going to keep living my life and worried about these people in this circle. I'm not worried about you. I'm not worried about you. I'm not going to, you know, rock the boat. I'm not going to, you know, not abide by the rules and yell and scream because I have to wear a mask. I'm just going to, you know, do my part to be a productive citizen where I'm at. And that's all I can do. Yeah. Um, Have you experienced any sort of racism or anything from clients that have come in? (laughs) Yes. So they always joke it off as a joke. I'll have clients walk oh. in and they'll be like, oh, you're black. And I'm like, yeah. Or they'll be like, oh, Crystal, you know, you're not black, black. What, what, what does that, that even mean? I don't know. I still I'm trying to figure out what that means. So those are the two you're things. light I skinned. Yeah, exactly. I, I, that's what I deal with all the time is, oh, my God, you are. Oh, my God, you're not black, black. And they always joke it off. So I just, you know, I can't get mad. I got to hold myself professional and I just joke it off too. But I hear that almost on maybe a weekly basis when I see new clients. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. So with those clients, Crystal, do you keep them as clients or do you fire those clients? Um, like I said, it doesn't bother me. You know, ignorance is bliss and people say things out of their mouth that they don't really think about in their head. So I keep them as clients if they choose to return and I don't treat them any different. I just, you know, keep going as professional, you know, joking and laughing and being me. Okay. Well, good for you. That is really good. Um, so I'm going to switch topics here a little bit. You are in California. Yes. You guys were, were the first state to shut down. Was that correct? Is that correct? Yes. yes. And now how long were you open? Two weeks. Two weeks and now shut down again as of three days ago? Uh, yesterday. Yesterday. Uh-huh. So talk to us about the challenges of that uh, as a small business owner. How are you dealing with that? How are you dealing with the clients? How? Give us the whole lowdown. So yesterday... Is, was actually my day off because um, I'm not a big fan of Mondays, so I take Mondays off. <laughs> so as I'm standing in line listening to Gavin on my earpiece, I'm like, are you serious? Are you serious? And then all of a sudden, there goes my phone. Crystal, are you shutting down? Can you squeeze me in today? And it's just my normal day off, so I'm nowhere near stocked. And I'm like, uh, I can't squeeze you in. I can't do this. I'm so sorry. All night I was, you know, texting people because, you know, I don't mind texting you at two in the morning. I'm up anyway. It's not like I'm going to be going to work the next day. 
So I've been talking to people all day today, all day yesterday. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to cancel this week because they said we have to stay closed for three days. And Friday, I'll know what you know. So that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm just thankful that my ladies love me, you know, and they wait for me, you know, and I, and mm-hmm. they call me even during the quarantine. They're like, Hey, Crystal, what do I do? You know, this is happening. What do I do? And I'm like, Hey, and I'll show my armpits. I'm right there with you. I'm not chancing going by my salon. And they think that I'm there, you know, catering to a client when I'm just black in my own mustache. Yeah. So I just stayed away from it for, you know, the whole time just to be on the safe mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming challenges as well with the, you know, increased PPE that you had to purchase, the extra stock that you purchased because you were like, I'm ready, gung-ho, you know, everyone's going to be booking in, I'm going to be slammed only to be shut down. Only to be shut down. So now, here I am in the hole because me and my husband, we took a trip to Long Beach to pick up PPE supplies because there was none here. Costco still doesn't have any gloves, so we drove far to pick it all up, so the mileage on our car on top of, you know, buying gloves, buying sanitizer, buying uh, shields, what else? Yeah, those things, you know, to be shut down. So it's like, okay, I'm in the hole. So I haven't even dug myself out of that hole yet to just be shut back down. On top of my daughter, who is three, I have to pull her from school because now it's just daycare, but now I can't afford it. So here she is back in the house again, for three months. So it's like all this stuff trickles down, not just to me, but to everyone else is affected. Mm -hmm. So I try to just think of myself last and try to do the best I can. I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, you know, I'll I'll see you soon. I just want to be part of the solution, curve it, not the problem, you know, so that's what I'm doing. And I'm pretty much open, you know, like communication with my clients. I never leave them in the dark my Facebook page, my Instagram page is an open book on what's going on, what I'm doing. I put it on any social outlet that I can possibly think of. So that's what I was going to ask. Cause I think, you know, there's a, there's going to be a lot of small business owners that are going to struggle through this. And a lot of them aren't going to make it through and they're just going to throw in the towel. Um, I think with COVID, you know, a lot of us got, you know, into a, into a rut, got depressed, got super sad. Mm-hmm. And then this happens when our livelihood comes back for a little while and then is taken away. What advice do you have for those small business owners and what would you tell them to, to do? So me personally, I never got out of the mindset of us not closing back down. So during those whole two weeks, I was like, they're going to close us. It's just a matter of time. And what kept me sane and not getting depressed was all the, you know, wonderful people, even yourself that had the classes, like the free classes. I just, you know, put myself into doing something, keeping my mind busy. I cleaned out my house. Like, don't go outside because when you go outside, you're going to spend money. If it's on fast food, gas, save all the money you can and keep it so you can keep your business open. We did not work this hard to let this close us down. Mm. Like you can do it. Communication is good. Communicate with your landlord. Um, From what I heard from my, um, you know, the police here in Stockton and another outlet, they said they can't evict anybody. So just keep open communication, pay $20 every week of what you can to keep, you know, from falling behind. Just don't not pay them anything. Like you can't let some, this speed bump wreck you. You can't push through it. Don't pay yourself. You don't need it right now. Walk around with crazy hair, hairy armpits, you know, kill the necessities. Just do, or not necessities, the, what do you call those things? Non-essential. Yeah, non-essential. Like just kill it right now. But you know, just get what you need. 
You know, mm-hmm. I, hey, when I was growing up, I didn't have much. My parents didn't have much. My mom was uh, 15. My dad was 16. Balancing oh. one month PG&E, one month this, one month that. And even when me and my husband, you know, started when we were 16, that's what we did. One month this, one month that. No cable, no this, you know. You have to do that. I love that advice. I think that's really, I, I think that's really good advice because I think we now live in a world of like, um, entitlement. I think mm-hmm. the world of everyone needs to, you know, it's keeping up with the Joneses and who has the latest mm-hmm. jeans or car or the new iPhone 11 or 12 or whatever number they're on right now. It's, exactly. it's very much like that. And there's so much that we can be living without to, to help mm-hmm. during these times. We just choose not to. Exactly. So that's what we've been doing. We just, you know, been cutting back. Hey, top ramen and eggs and sausage is delicious. You know, (laughs) it's no big deal. We'll get through it. As long as we're healthy and my kids are healthy and my husband's healthy, my parents are healthy. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. Talk to us um, those few days that you were open. Did you have any issues with clients not wanting to wear a mask? Thankfully not. Okay. All of them were like, Crystal, it smells clean in here. What did you do? Where'd you get this little gadget? I wind up finding a little, um, at Home Depot, they had this LED light that kills germs on contact. So I was, you know, wiping down the pins with that guy, lights on the doors. They were like, oh my God, this is nice. I had my shields on, I had masks for them. So I, thankfully I had no issue with that. And me, I'm, I'm super anal. So I, bought a laminator, laminated everything, laminated signs all over my place, on the floor, everything. So mm-hmm. I, you know, like I tell everybody, your safety is my safety. Right. So if I keep you safe, you'll keep me safe. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I have yeah, no problem with that. Is there anything, considering what happened and what we're living through, is there anything that you would do differently in the future for your business when you open up again? Um, as in, what do you mean? I mean, I I don't want to say another pandemic or anything, but anything to just kind of financially prepare or um, stock wise, like, is there anything that you're doing now that you wish you would have done? Mm, I wish I would have bought more gloves, but me, me pretty much like the, so me, I always buy two or three of everything. That's just the way I am. Just so I don't have to, you know, because we're yeah. small businesses. We don't know if we're going to run out of wax and have a crappy yeah. week that week. So I always had stockpile, always. Mm-hmm. So doing different, maybe buy more, but <clears throat> no. Yeah. We were, we just had a conversation. I don't know if it was a, a management meeting or a podcast or whatever, but we talked about, um, we can't just depend on, on, you know, calling our supplier and having stuff delivered overnight, like really being able to plan and the importance of inventory control, Mm -hmm. really the importance of making sure that your numbers are Mm -hmm. accurate because stuff that used to take two days is now taking a month. Yes. Or two. Or they're out of stock completely and you need to now source someplace else. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amount of time that we're spending finding new suppliers for stuff and how much time that takes away from being in the treatment room or for Becca, like behind a computer doing her stuff and management. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's been rough. It's been a rough go. It has been. So yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe just more PPP supply or PPE supplies. 
that's what I would stock up on. But, you know, most of all the other stuff, I would like, I'm really good. My dad taught me that at a young age. He would always make me do his filing and his stock inventory. Like, that's what I did. And I still do paper files to this day because it's just the way I was wired. So, you know, every morning, okay, I've got this, got this, got this. Okay, I'm good. Pull the files for the day. So that's just the way, you know, organization is key, especially when you're alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because you only have yourself to yell out if you you know misplace something or run out of something in the middle of you know a service and that's super embarrassing yeah mm-hmm. yes right um I know that you and I talked in the past about well first of all we met at a, at a huge show the largest beauty show in North America and then you and I were kind of chatting back and forth too about some other shows in Cal or uh, Calgary oh my god California and stuff like that um and I know that you're always continuing education and bettering yourself in that way what are your thoughts on attending these large shows when they open up again, safety-wise and stuff like that? What do you, how do you see the industry and the people reacting to that? I think they're going to – this is just my opinion again. Maybe they're just going to do – for because the, there's a lot of people that bring extra guests. Like I've seen kids there. I've seen husbands there. I think they're going to strict it down to, hey – you know, this is what you're just yourself, you know, if you're not licensed, you can't be here. And maybe they'll do showroom certain time for part A and then classes for part B and then part B for the showroom and then part A for the classes and then limiting the number and making it longer. So everybody gets a chance to go. Mm -hmm. Do you feel safe? Do you think when that time is, are you going to feel safe going to them? Are you going to return to them? Oh yeah, I'm going to go. So yeah, I'm just going to take proper steps, hand sanitizer, Lysol, and I'm going to bring my face shield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to do to protect myself and make sure I'm protecting others. Right. But yeah, I'm going to go. But if they're massive and not controlled like they were before, I will not be attending. Oh, okay. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for sharing your struggles and your your wins too though it was right. so good to, to hear another perspective and I think it's definitely needed right now mm-hmm. and all the advice that you have to small business owners whether they be of color or not there's tons of advice that you gave us and a lot of insight um, I do want to say to our listeners please go ahead and follow Crystal on Instagram as well it's radiantly radiantly un- underscore blissful underscore aesthetics with an a so radiantly underscore blissful underscore aesthetics with an a please go ahead and follow her if you are in the California area whereabouts about yeah. Sacramento area, go ahead and book in an appointment with her. She is fantastic at what she does. Um, thank you for joining us. I think it was really incredible having you on here and thanks for taking thank the you. time out. And we hope that, you know, you and your family are safe and that everything can get normalized in, in California, flatten the curve and get your business back open. Fingers crossed. I'm doing my part, you know, that's all I can do. Perfect. Well, thank you again. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Between Both Cheeks. Make sure that you listen and subscribe to us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. And anything else you want to add, Becca? If you want to send us an email, you can send it to comments at betweenbothcheeks.com or follow us on Instagram at betweenbothcheeks as well. Feel free to slide into our DMs. If you've got any questions, concerns, or anything that you want to listen to on our podcast, we want to hear from you. Thank you and have a great day. Bye.
Thank you, Cisco. That was awesome. You're welcome. Bye, you guys. Okay, have a nice day.